0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Saints Happy Hour is doing a live show at Port Orleans on Friday, September 16th. Join us as we get ready for the Saints 2022 Home Opener versus Tom Brady and the Bucks. It will be a fun night of laughs and Saints talk
0: with the Saints Happy Hour crew. The show starts at 7 p.m. You need to RSVP at SaintsHappyHour.com to make sure you get the free The Boys Are Back in Town souvenir cup featuring the Honey Badger and Jarvis Landry, so you can fill it up with beer for your first drink at just 3 bucks. with all the proceeds going to support Team Gleason. So do it! Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and RSVP for the Saints Happy Hour live show at Port Orleans on September 16th. We will see you there. And who
2: dat? Did you know there is a great and easy way to support Saints Happy Hour? Even if you aren't a patron? Amazon Prime users can support Saints Happy Hour for free. Just click on the text in this episode's description that says instructions on how Amazon Prime users can support the show. It will only take you three minutes, and the best part is, it doesn't cost you anything. You just do a couple of clicks, and you give us $3 of Jeff Bezos' money. So go do it right now. And remember to do it every month. So if you haven't done it yet this month, go do it. And thank you for supporting Saints Happy Hour.
0: fired out of cannons onto the field, and we all stand around and drink blood watching it. But if American football's your thing, you know what to do. Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Stick it in you.
2: Earhole. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Andrew, the patrons, they're getting this one early. But if you're listening to the free version of this show... And I know a lot of you are because we are going to set a freaking record for downloads in August. We're going to have almost over 50,000 downloads in August. So I know a ton of new people have listened to the podcast. So here's what I'm going to do for you. Sign up. Become a patron. $7 level, $10 level. Do it like Adam, Gabe, Joan, and Clark did this past week. And if you don't like it, boom, I'll hit you a refund. No, no questions asked. Full on refund. Don't worry. But you're going to try us out. You're going to love us because we're the best Saints podcast going. We have the best Discord channel, most fun Saints chat. And Andrew, by the way, when we do daily podcasts, we don't we we do just run our mouths. But we have sound from Saints practice that we cut up. That's amazing. So if you listen to the free version, sign up. Try us out for a month. I know you're going to love us. Uh, Andrew, today at Saints practice. Oh, we got what we've been waiting for. Dennis Allen, he's going to talk about a a solution potentially at linebacker that I think we forgot about. But I'm going to start here. We got incredibly excited in the offseason about Honey Badger and about Landry. And they were both amazing today in practice. I want to start with Teron Matthew, Nick Underhill, other people, other media people said he had his best day of practice. They had an interception, a pass breakup. And Dennis Allen. Talked about safety specifically today, and while he wasn't like over the moon like I am, I think he did give a little some hints that safety is going to be really fun and special this year.
3: I think it's still a work in progress, but I think it's been improving. Man, made a couple of really nice plays today, and so that was that was that was good to see. I think he's kind of beginning to get a little more comfortable in uh, what we're doing and, and and what we're asking him to do. You know, I've seen improvement out of marcus may throughout throughout camp so i feel good about where that position is i think we've got a lot of depth in that position
2: andrew we've talked about replacing marcus williams but what's safe what's your idea of what safety will be if it's as fun and amazing as we hope it will be what's it going to look like schematically you think
0: well, first of all, was it Dennis Allen that was uh, working out while doing the interview, yes, of or was it the guy asking him the question that was lifting weights? I think I mean, it was both. That's, re- that's really rude. I mean, I appreciate <laughs> the ability to multitask on some level, but I mean, man, can you just focus on the interview for a second? I think you think Thick Underhill is just
2: hitting the bench press hard. And Probably by the way, Thick Underhill, he's both interviewing and working out. That's what's by happening. the way, uh, I spent 15 minutes making that sound bite. better you should have heard the unedited version you could barely hear Dennis Allen talk it was incredible but continue
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you know I don't know I kind of have a weird take about this but like it just needs to be solid like it doesn't have to be Darren Sharper it doesn't have to be prolific it doesn't you know I don't need Honey Badger to have like 12 picks this year. Mm -hmm. I don't need Marcus may to have 120 tackles and five sacks and six force fumbles. I mean, if it's prolific, obviously that's great, but I think the role of the safety, and this is what Marcus Williams was so good at was taking away the deep ball. Like he just, you know, the saints weren't really getting beat deep or giving up big plays. Like, yeah, you look, look, if the tackling is sound and they're not giving up big plays and they're generally playing solid, like, you know, if Honey Badger has three picks this year and Marcus May has one, you know, and they make a handful of big plays, but it's really just about playing solid ball. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think on some level, it, they will be a little bit more productive. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins was actually pretty productive. but yeah, He was. I, I think they can be productive on that level statistically just by the smoke and mirrors of moving them around. So the interchangeability yeah. and... Maybe being a less less predictable, they can disguise pre-snap a little bit better by having two inter- interchangeable guys. So maybe that leads to a little bit more production than when maybe Marcus Williams is playing safety and you know exactly where he is and what he's gonna do. Right. So I think that helps, but to me it's not like what does it have to look like? They 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 don't have to we, we just can't see busted coverages. We we can't see things falling apart at the seams like as long as they're solid like that's really what you need out of a safety yeah if everything works the way it's supposed to the safety is not supposed to he's the last line of defense especially the high safety he's not the guy that's supposed to make the touchdown saving tackle like sometimes he has to but if everything operates the way it's supposed to in front of him he shouldn't have to do that but you know the times that marcus mayer Tyron Matthew are called upon to make those plays, to make that tackle. Like Obviously, that's what you want to see them do. You want to see them end the play there so
2: that a 20-yard run doesn't become a 50-yard run. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24 7, early access to podcast episodes, our world famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So
0: do the spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet.
1: go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today that's
2: saintshappyhour.com interchangeable part is what i'm interested in because the saints with malcolm jenkins and and marcus williams they kind of had a very very defined roles right and i'm just wondering if the saints are going to have this these interchangeable safeties and there's like a double-edged sword to it, right, Andrew? If you're interchanging the safeties, it can work, and it can confuse the hell out of a defense, and you can catch them off guard early in the year because they haven't seen it, seen it on film, and it can work great. Or you could be doing something that you could confuse, confuse yourself, and like you said earlier, you have busted coverages, and it's it's a calamity in the back. So I'm in, I'm just interested to see how much – interchange and kind of weird stuff Dennis Allen cooks up how much do they do early and how much does it work because that's all we care about really well and you know Dennis Allen look he's
0: the head coach now and so this is absolutely his decision make Marcus Williams let him walk and have this tandem at safety and so you know he's giddy about it that that's That's the part that I think should make us all really excited is that this is Dennis Allen's decision. Like he could have said, no, Marcus Williams is critical. Like he, he could have said like, we got to do, what we got to do, and we got to prioritize keeping him. And I, I believe that if Dennis Allen felt that way, Mickey Loomis would have yielded. He would have said, okay, like this is your team now. If if this is what's most important to you, we're going to make it happen. So I believe if if that was the priority, the saints would have gotten it done. Um, but ultimately I do think Dennis Allen values very highly the this potential and and it's all pre-snap stuff right because look sometimes you're going to play super advanced quarterbacks that aren't going to get fooled but a lot of times you're playing rookies or inexperienced guys or, or guys that just you know for whatever set of reasons didn't study tape very well that week right didn't prepare and so when when you've got two safeties that one might look like he's doing one thing pre-snap and then you know he he's showing blitz and then he quickly drops back to being the high safety and the other guy who looked like he was the high safety all of a sudden he comes in crashes in and double teams the guy you know like you you're just able to do that with a lot more and it, it's a lot more confusing especially to an inexperienced quarterback where like. The quarterback sees something pre-read, and a lot of times before they've even snapped the ball, they're like, okay, I'm probably going here with the ball, right? Mm-hmm. But if, if you're seeing blitz come from that side, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to throw it into this window if he's blitzing me. And so let's say the guy's running a slant behind that blitz, and then all of a sudden Teron Matthew, it, he, he drops into coverage there, and Marcus May crashes on the other side. The quarterback misreads that, and boom, he's just throwing a pick. So I just think you're going to have more abilities to do that and trick quarterbacks than when it was malcolm jenkins and it's not that they never it's not that they didn't kind of interchange a little bit with marcus williams and malcolm jenkins but like they were good at what they did and it was very clear what they did well and so i just think more times than not it was just a little obvious and and, and look they did, and and not similarly really a criticism because like they did what they did well, Damn. very very, like, very sometimes, good
2: at what they did. Sometimes you don't need to confuse people. Sometimes you just run your stuff and be right. like, "This and is what we Malcolm run." Jenkins,
0: you like, he 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 press covers a an, an elite tight end and you know, he locks him down. Like the, what he did against Gronk was incredibly effective. Yeah. And you know Marcus Williams, like he, what he does does over the top, like quarterbacks would take into account where he was and it. He was terrifying to attack because of his range. So, you know, th- those were valuable things. And I think in some ways, Teron Matthew, Marcus May, they don't have the same range. So quarterbacks will probably test them deep. They will be less afraid to kind of get after them with the long ball. But the flip side of that is kind of the the other stuff I talked about yeah. where maybe maybe this group gets beat deep a little bit more, but it creates more turnovers too. Yeah.
2: The other thing... On defense that was really interesting today was, you know, we've been talking about the Saints at linebacker because Pete Werner, he's working on the side, at least running and guess like you know, they're trying to rehab him, you know, we always, every day we were, I worry that we're, like, we're going to get the tweet that says he's flying to Philadelphia to get the mesh, but we'll see about it, but different guys have gotten chances at linebacker, you know, Chase Hansen. and um, and you know, even uh, I'm going to pronounce his name right. I think I think it's Nephi Sewell is his name, Andrew. I think that's how you I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. If I'm, i it's either it's either 100 correct or it's a disaster. Knowing me, mean it's probably a disaster. But but Wait, Nephi so what Sewell, Do you think it is Nephi? I think it's Nephi. I see. I see. I was see.
0: saying I was saying Nephi, and yeah, actually, who Hootat App, just shout out.
2: To Houdat App, who tweeted me, and and they they tweeted me Nephi as Nephi. well. So it's Nephi Soul, yeah. but he he's a guy that sort of stepped up. He his his raz is interesting because it's like a seven, but his 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 size is horrible on raz, and his speed is amazing. So he's a guy we've been talking about. But but today, Dennis Allen was very very complimentary of a guy that I. Th- Until he started talking about him, I had kind of forgotten that this guy exists, and that's Caden Ellis, but Dennis Allen says he's going to have a role.
3: He's improved, and I think there's going to be a role for him uh, to help us in in a few different areas. Look, I think he kind of established himself last year as as fully capable of being the, you know, on-the-ball Sam linebacker for us, and I think he's making some progress in terms of, you know, solidifying himself as a, as, a, as a viable option for us as an off-the-ball doctor.
2: Did we forget about Mr. Caden Ellis, Andrew? Yeah, sorry. I got kind of
0: bored there when Dennis <laughs> Allen was talking, so I decided to pump some iron. Um, that that was really rude. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, hopefully you didn't hear that noise while I was doing it. No, it but, was um, fine.
2: We didn't hear yeah. clanging at all.
0: <laughs> was it was it the fatheads behind you,
2: Ralph? Yeah. That were working out there. Yeah, my um, Michael Thomas fat head needs to get in game shape, just like the real Michael Thomas. <laughs> uh, yeah, Caden
0: Ellis is interesting. I mean, I I don't know that he's really got the coverage ability. I I think he's always played the run well. I think he's a sound tackler. Like he's been solid, and he can play a little bit of special teams. So he's done. A, he's kind of look. The Saints don't play three linebackers a lot anymore, and so. Because of that, I just don't think the Scott Shanley comparison is exact, and yet Caden Ellis continues to make the team, continues to be that third linebacker whenever they do the four three sets. Um continues to just kind of go about his job and like he he's always I think gonna be a little bit unspectacular, but I do think Caden Ellis is a decent player. He's pretty solid and he's been in the system so long, like he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Um and, and look again like his ability against the run is is legit. I don't know that he's ever going to be a candidate for the nickel stuff, uh, just because I don't think he runs quite the way he needs to to be in coverage with some of those speed guys. You know, it's just so, and that's where nephi Sewell or you know maybe P- Pete Warner they just move a little bit more fluidly, a little bit more naturally on the in the nickel stuff. That that would be, I think, where Nephi Sewell makes sense. Because, again, you know, Quan Alexander wasn't the biggest guy either. And that was kind of his specialty role. So, anyway, yeah, I, I like Caden Ellis. And mm-hmm. uh, expect him to make the team again. And he's, he's certainly uh, a piece of the puzzle. Yeah.
2: So... The downside of practice today was I'm going to list all the people that weren't at practice today. Trey Kwan, Mike Thomas, Kevin White, Werner, Lattimore, Dwayne Washington, P.J. Williams, Alante Taylor, Chase Hanson, Cesar Ruiz, Landon Young, Ryan Ramchek, James Hurst, Adam Troutman, Carl Grandison. How did they have enough people to block today in practice? Jesus Christ, that's a lot of offensive <laughs> linemen missing. I'm not panicked, Andrew, even though Saints Panic is my brand. Because they have three weeks to get to Atlanta, but that's a lot of dudes banged up. It's a lot well, of dudes. I mean,
0: it must be all that weightlifting you're doing, Ralph. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's raising your endorphins. You're, you're panicking less. It's it's causing you less stress, you know. I'd say it's a good stress reliever. So ask
2: me about forty five minutes when I watch Everton play in the Caribou Cup. They're going to lose to something uh, called the Fleetwood no, Mac. That'll be my
0: panic. Uh, for I'm I'm actually uh, feeling. You know, I, I got to say this real quick. You've been panicking about Everton. You're you're already like in full <laughs> relegation mode, like three games into the season. It's I unbelievable. Am. <laughs> Like, I'm going to have to listen to you through the whole season. You got 38 games or whatever it is. And we're on week three games in, and you're already. Doing I, t- I this promise you. Game. I make a commitment
2: to you, Andrew. When Everton is not in the bottom three, I won't tweet you panic tweets about Everton. When they're not in the bottom three, I'll okay. stop Sounds panic good. tweeting you about Everton.
0: Wait, are they in the bottom three right now? I thought <laughs> no, they were like. Of course they, they like are.
2: Bottom five. They're, they're, bo- they're like 19th in the table.
0: Out of. They have
2: one point from three matches.
0: Yeah. Anyway, you were making the point that like these British soccer fans like are at each other's throats and it's super nasty and mean. And well, first of all, like I I lived over there, so I get it. We think we're passionate as like NFL fans. The British soccer fans over there, it's just it's relegation heightens relegation
2: heightens the anger and the panic and the nastiness to like level ten, and they just break off the knob.
0: I don't think some of us that live in the States have an appreciation for yeah. just how psycho it is over there. But, you know, it, what it reminds me of, and, you know, Ralph, we've had an interesting off season where fans have gotten mad at us about right. various various things. But, like, at the end of the day, we, we fancy ourselves experts. And when I say we, I mean all of us, all of us on Saints Twitter. We, we fancy ourselves experts and think this guy's an idiot and we think we know everything and we think this and we think that. But, like, at the end of the day, man... Like, it, it just, it's a reminder, as you talk about these nut jobs in England and how crazy they're going, like, it's, <laughs> you, you, sometimes we lose the force through the trees that, like, I'm just super excited. I mean, we're almost here. We've been waiting so long for this, and week one is here, and we're all Saints fans. Like, we we want the team to win. Like, we might disagree about who's the best player and whether this guy was a good draft pick or not or whether this guy should be playing instead of this guy or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day... You just want this team to win, and it's a celebration. We all love it. We're all passionate about it, and I just can't wait for it to get started. So, and I'm super excited about the live show. So, like, I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of at a place today where I'm like kind of letting go of the animosity on Twitter and the anger and all the stuff that people get worked up about. And I'm just like, man, let's take a moment to let this sink in, right?
2: That's right. I mean, the Saints are going to be the Saints are going to be good. Even though I just listed like a a giant list of injured dudes, like the the training camp oh. has gone pretty well, right? Yeah.
0: So, so back to the injuries. Really, does it really matter if they're playing Week One? Do we do we really give a shit? Like, as long as they're good to go Week That's One, right. and Michael Thomas is playing and Jameis is playing, does it really matter if they play in the preseason no. games or not? Like, obviously, we want them to get more reps, but like. As long as they're good to go physically and they're playing, that's all that matters. I mean, you know, so I'm, I, yes, like if Jameis or Michael Thomas are missing week one, then I'm going to start to panic. You know, yeah. might start to see a different
2: you, side you, of you, Ralph and me well, at you don't, that point. Well, you don't. Andrew's told me this over the years. And Andrew, he's got sources and he pays attention. But this is what the, the years that I've done the podcast with Andrew, especially since we started doing the daily podcast for patrons and stuff. The time to panic about injury and realize that dude probably isn't going to play is when me and Andrew do the Friday podcast about the injury report. And if they don't practice on Thursday, Friday, they're probably not going to play. So really, until then, like, don't worry about it. It's just, they're just nicked up. It it, it doesn't, the decision isn't made until the end of the first week heading into Atlanta. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm I'm uh,
0: I won't say it's like everything's hunky dory here, but yeah I, look there. There, this is the time of year where guys get hurt. played entire tire preseason games, and they tend to be a little banged up. Like yeah. they, that's you know those go hand in hand.
2: So yeah, so I mean we'll see, we'll see. I mean the thing is these injuries, they don't seem they they don't seem to. Severe, but you, the Saints, of course, they, they continue the Sean Payton tradition of the, Dennis Allen is a little bit more forthcoming, but they're still super secretive about everything, so you never know. I,
0: I do wonder if Dennis Allen is starting to regret. I know he is. like saying, "Yeah, this guy has this, and it's not serious." Like starting to wonder if he's like, "Yeah, I should have been like Sean and just shut that shit down." Yeah, because here's that, th- and that you're seeing it. Like now that you open the door, the press starts asking you more and more. Like they can't get enough. Well, the
2: thing is, if, if you, if you, if you say, it, it, I, I realize why coaches like Sean Payton and Bill Belichick are such, such jerks and, and so difficult about injuries. Because if I, if you say, Hey, it's not that serious. He's going to be back soon. And he has a setback. The media gives you crap. If you just say, He'll be back when he's back. I'll tell you when I want to tell you next question. Like they don't have anything. So you just shut the shut the door on him. So I mean, we'll see. It, it's it's not a concern. It is a concern for Friday, as far as like the rumor is this week that they were thinking about playing dudes. But like, why? Like I understood it'd be one thing if if you know Jameis and and and, and all these guys who had missed if they were all practicing today and Dennis Allen was like, all right, it's Tuesday. I want I want to give Jameis a series. Or, or, you know, I want to give him ten plays on Friday. Oh, I'd be like, Oh, okay. But not when you got this long ass injury list, Andrew, just like what's 10 plays against the chargers. Ain't going to make a difference for Atlanta. Like, it's just, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a coach will bang me on the head for that, but why risk it? There's to me, there's no upside at all for playing dudes Friday. None.
0: Well, prominent, important starters that are critical to your season success. I, I agree with that.
2: Yeah. Like I, I would play if you want to play penning because he needs reps. If you wanted to. Well, Alante Taylor was out today. But if you if you wanted to be like, hey, he needs to get a little action. Alante Taylor, too, like those guys. But like the rest of them, Kamara, Michael. I don't need to see any of them. And you sit your ass down. Yeah. Um in fact, I don't even want him on the field because I'm worried. <laughs> you. The
0: Sean Payton broken leg That's situation, right. I mean, where Jimmy Graham runs into him. I, I don't even want you on the
2: side. Put, like. him, in you, a bo- put him in a box.
0: Watch it, Like put a TV in the cryo chamber and let him watch
2: the game from there. Put him in a suite up top with Gale. Um, another guy we got super excited about in the off season. It was a surprise signing because we thought with the Saints they they, they drafted Lave and we thought the Jarvis Landry ship had sailed. And then boom, the Saints added him for three million dollars. Um, Dennis Allen talked about him and how, you know, it was a little bit of a process because the Saints' offense is complicated. But he came along today, had a good practice, been catching touchdowns, and made a apparently he made a ridiculous one-handed catch. But uh, Dennis Allen's talking about where Landry is.
3: He's uh, getting more comfortable. He's he's actually played a lot of different positions. I think he would probably even tell you that you know he's still got a little meat left on the bone in terms of really totally understanding the offense. Uh, but I've seen a lot of a lot of improvement, and, and you know, in the last couple of days, I've seen him make some pretty good catches for for touchdowns. So that's that's been encouraging to see.
2: What's your expectation really, from that, him?
0: Yeah, that's really crazy that Mike Ornstein snuck into the <laughs> building again to lift some weights. He did. That,
2: that's crazy. It's um, it. It's, I, I'm I'm running this joke into the ground, Rob. It's, it's crazy that Mickey Loomis isn't worried about a third running back. Instead, he's doing freaking squats. Yeah.
0: Who does Mickey think he is working out? You know, while we're we've got these needs at linebacker,
2: um, he's trying to get his sweat on.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know about Landry. Like on some level, I love where they're at with their top three receivers. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, obviously, it sucks for Traquan and Callaway and Deontay, who maybe won't have as big of a role, but. You know, that's part of the deal. Obviously, you want, you want to be good at receivers, so... But I think they're in a good spot in that, look, there's one scenario where Michael Thomas is back to himself, and he plays all year, and he's freaking awesome, and, like, obviously, he just gets so many catches that that's going to take away from Landry putting up huge numbers, and it's going to take away from Olave. And on some level, I think Olave, I love that they it takes significant pressure off of him that you have Michael Thomas and Landry. So it's not like... As a rookie, he has to come in and he has to catch 100 balls. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I think you're you're in a good spot there too because he doesn't have to go nuts his rookie year unless they start to have significant injuries. He's a little protected. So, I, but I think if Olave out of the gate starts playing amazing, then obviously Jameis is going to go his way a little bit more. Same with Michael Thomas, and so in both of those scenarios, Landry would kind of be the odd man out. And so it's not that he's not going to play, but I could see that him having some games where he has four catches for thirty-two yards, and that's kind of his contribution each week. So I, I could be, I could see it being kind of steady like that, and then I could see a scenario where you know he catches twelve balls in a game. Yeah, you know, so it, it, it could go either way. The thing that I find is again. I'll point this out. I've said this before on the show, but I'll say it again because I think it bears a reminder. Landry might have a four-catch, 32-yard game. It's going to be a lot different from what Callaway was doing last year when he had four catches for 32 yards. It's going to feel a lot different because there's going to be a third-and-four play where he catches a five-yard pass and he moves the chains and the drive keeps going, and they end up scoring a touchdown on that drive you're going to go back to that play that Landry made. That's right. And it seemed kind of inconsequential because it was just a five-yard pass. But, like, coverage is tight in those situations. And making that play is freaking huge. And, like, that's very different from the nine-yard pass that Callaway caught on third and 12. Yeah. Right? And it, you're punting after.
2: It's just, you know, I can see a scenario where for week one, it's Atlanta's Super Bowl, right? And they're playing out of their mind. And it's, it's a struggle game. And we look at the box score and we're like, Landry had three catches for 19 yards, but oh, by the way, on third and four, he caught the one that allowed the Saints to keep the ball, and they won 27-21, and they didn't have to punt the ball back to Atlanta. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, no, so I, I think that, that you know, stats lie sometimes, is my point there. You mm-hmm. look at a guy, and I, I believe that's true of Callaway last year. You look at his numbers, you're like, oh, he had a nice season last year, but I think a lot of that was inflated by just stat padding, quite frankly, and so he wasn't making meaningful plays in meaningful moments consistently. Like I think Landry will. And yeah. so that's the difference. So I, I don't know. I don't know that Landry's going to put up, like if I had to guess, like he'd probably have a 50 catch year for 600 yards, something like that, yeah. maybe more. Um, I mean, it depends also on how, how much the saints are going to throw the ball um, and how healthy he stays, but I, he, it'll be a m- meaningful contribution. I, I don't think it's going to be like his best season as a pro. Cause I mean, his best seasons were phenomenal. Pro Bowl-level production. I don't think he's going to be there, but, I, yeah, is he going to be in that six 700-yard range?
2: I, absolutely. Yeah. The only other note from practice that matters, really, before we get out of here is Marcus Davenport was back at team drill. He was in team drills today, so he's kind of progressing. And he's been a guy that he had the finger issue where he had a lost part of his pinky in the offseason, and we've been kind of like, well, they're getting him back for conditioning, they're ramping him up. But he's been kind of a guy, like, we just assume he's going to be ready for week 1, but it's nice to see him like starting to progress and like getting back making and practice cuz cuz he's a huge he's a huge part of the defense. Uh Andrew, that's about it for that's about it for today. I want to remind people before we get out of here, freaking RSVP for the live show. If you listen to the free version, you heard the ad at the beginning of the podcast, but RSVP, we're up to 87 RSVPs for the live show September sixteenth. Hey, did you add? Did you add Luis? I think we're at eighty eight. I did. So we're at we're at what it was to be 80, 88 now. So 88, yeah, yeah. um that's amazing. It's going to be a great fun night getting you ready for the Saints Bucks, the Saints home opener two days later, Friday night, Port Orleans, RCP, so you can get your boys or back cup, so you can help support the team Gleason. It's going to be. a it's gonna be a freaking amazing night. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna the show's gonna start at seven. We're gonna but but we're gonna hang out with uh, fans afterwards. So if you want to hang out and chat with us and tell us how horrible our Saints talk our Saints takes are, you're more than welcome to do it. Uh, it's gonna be a great fun night. So RSVP and join us. So. Guys. We re- are we really hanging out if
0: if if they're telling us how horrible we are, are we really hanging <laughs> out with fans or are we hanging out with haters?
2: No, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna um cool either pro- way. They'll probably just gently rib me on the fact that my wife dresses me for my TV appearances, and that I can't pronounce anyone's name. It'll probably just be gent- it'll just be gentle ribbing for fun, not nothing. You, you, nothing you deserve you deserve it, <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope that they do. I do. People were were on me because I wore a white shirt on uh, on my Monday interview. They said I they said they said I looked uh, like a ghost. Um, but what are you gonna do? So. Guys, thanks for joining us. If you don't support the podcast, consider supporting the podcast uh, and join us. We're the Best Saints podcast. We're the Best Saints community. Uh, join us all year. It's going to be a blast. So for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you special live stream edition Wednesday night. We'll see you then.
3: Dad.